hey, this is the last coffee house, and we're doing a Terminator retrospective. Turns out there's a new Terminator coming out next month, I believe, or on the first or something. It's coming out really soon. It's Terminator Dark Fate, and Terminator franchise has been on a steep decline for a while now. I mean, it's at the bottom. Can't get any worse, so maybe this one will turn it around, but it looks pretty horrendous, actually, and it seems like another one of those Hollywood is way behind the reality of the population and thinks that two people on Twitter are the arbiters of what's true about tastes in the United States. So they decide to go all sorts of woke. So we'll we'll see how that goes. It could be good. It could be good. could be great. Who knows? It doesn't look it. But I wanted to talk about them because these were major... Terminator 2 and, like, The Rock were major pillars in my childhood. So I wanted to talk about all the Terminators. I watched them all, except for the new one, in order. And now I've got some notes. I've got the trailers on the other side. And I'm just gonna go through them. Terminator 1. Best thing about this, Sarah Connor's arc. She's got an excellent arc in that she goes from, you know, being meek and pitiful and needing protection to protecting herself and protecting others. And this is actually very well done, the way that it's it's structured all the way throughout. Because in the beginning, and I love this, that it's able to do this, because generally when you have a protagonist, you need them to be strong. And especially nowadays, if it's a female protagonist, she has to be strong all the way throughout. She can't show weakness or anything like that. Sarah Connor shows weakness and overcomes it. That's what a story should be. Like, for Sarah Connor, she is pretty weak. Like, even at the beginning, one of my favorite moments in cinema history, when Sarah Connor is the waitress, and she's like, who had the burly beef? And then a little kid takes a scoop of ice cream and dumps it into her her pocket. That kid is such a hero. It's just like the bottom. That's when she reached her bottom and is like, okay, I need to turn this around. I need to be attacked by a robot from the future and find a boyfriend who subsequently gets killed and then I'll birth the savior of the human race. That's what I need to do so that she does it. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that kid's amazing. So everybody knows the story. Excellent setup. Excellent, beautiful sci-fi setup with a nice little paradox in, at the center of it, which keeps you thinking, even though it might not mean anything. <laughs> James Cameron directed. I know James Cameron and somebody else, and I'd never heard of her before. James Cameron and someone else actually wrote the script for this. And I looked at her IMDb, and she didn't have like any credits except for as like a producer. And she wrote some Terminator video games or something like that. It, it was pretty bad. I mean, if you're a producer, you generally don't have to do a whole lot, so that could be a pretty sweet deal. Maybe I need to be a producer. Why don't I be a producer? I should have studied that. Can you study that in school? (laughs) That seems like a great idea. What was I talking about? Sarah's arc. Let's go back to Sarah's arc. So, one thing, she goes all the way through, and she's meek in the beginning. She's terrified. She doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know who to trust. She tries trusting different people, but they don't don't take care of her well enough. So, eventually, you get to the end, and she does this. When Reese gets shot, he gets shot when he's in the back of the truck. And Sarah sideswipes, finally takes it into her own hand and sideswipes the Terminator and makes him crash. By the way, Arnold is so good in this. He's so scary. He's excellent in this. And he has an arc, even as a robot. He's excellent in this, excellent in the next one. But he's scary in this and, you know, awesome in the next one. So amazing he was able to pull this off so so well and so perfectly. But she gets to sideswipe him. They all crash. She also, at this point, she finds like a little metal piece or something like that and breaks a window open to open a door. So she's taking the initiative now. She's being assertive to protect herself, not only herself, but the people she cares about. And that's the whole arc. And then obviously she gets to be the one who terminates the Terminator. She gets 
the final line, the action movie line, especially in the 90s. <laughs> so she gets to do all these things, and she finally gets to that point. She has arrived. She's a full-fledged character now by this point in the story, uh, which is the end. So it's great. It's beautiful. I love her arc. It's excellent. Linda Hamilton does an amazing job with this character, an amazing job in this movie, and especially in the next one. There are, when it comes to the special effects, there are definitely dated effects, like uh, when he's got the, the eye, you know, the red eye after he gets injured. You could tell that's a whole bunch of prosthetics just slapped on his head, and it just does not look right at all. <laughs> When it comes to that, when they're trying to show it, and that's fine. But he puts on the glasses, and then it cuts to a different angle, and you totally tell it's just him now. It, it doesn't look great. But what are you going to do? It's like 90 or 80, what was it, 80-something? 80 89 or 84? Or it was it was something way back, way, way back in the day. So they did what they could do. And then whenever the Terminator, <laughs> like it's the, the actual Terminator walking around, you know, after he has all the skin burned off and all that stuff, it actually looks like a puppet. And I'm... I'm certain it's a puppet that they have to hold and move around uh, and not like on strings or anything. It's like somebody just holding it and moving it. It always shows it from the waist up or just shows the legs. Um, and then he gets his legs blown off and he is crawling. And uh, one of the best things about Terminator is that he's so tough and scary, but he's he has weaknesses. Like you can still damage him. That's what makes an awesome antagonist. You know, when the antagonist is just, oh, I'm so powerful, nobody can touch me. Or there's something really negative arrow that affects him then it just it gets really staid and boring to watch but in this you keep it does damage like oh yeah over the movie you see like his he'll become a little less human as it's going through uh, like he gets his eyebrows burned off at one point and that's just the first step and then he gets a little beaten up and then he gets like part of his face taken out and he loses an eye you know and then eventually by the end he doesn't have any skin so it's a complete progression all the way through oh also with the effects when you see when he looks at the guy right before he says oh I'll be back. At that one point in the police station, you can actually look through his sunglasses and you can see his regular eye there. He doesn't have the red eye. He's supposed to have the red eye at this point, but he, he just has his regular eyes. So that's pretty funny. But at the end, it has one of the most awesome explosions. I Like the truck turns over and blows up. It looks great. It looks fantastic. I love that explosion. And the only things, like I pretty much love this. Sometimes I think I like this movie better than Terminator 2, but then I watch Terminator 2 again and there's just so much to that. It's it's so good that uh, I go back into that camp. But the only thing that kind of irked me about it, I didn't really buy their romance, you know, in the hotel when they finally get there. I didn't buy it all that much. I didn't much buy the sex scene either. She kept turning her head to the right a little too much. I think, I don't know, maybe that's how she, she gets down, but I, it just seemed a little, little odd to me. And I don't know that Michael Bean, I mean, he's a great guy, you know, aliens and this. I'm sure he's wonderful. He was also in Navy Seals, I think, with Charlie Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> nice forgotten straight to DVD movie. And now would that even make sense anymore? Straight to DVD? That's not even a thing. But I mean, Sarah Connor is a queen. She needs she needs somebody more impressive, I think, than just random guy who came from the future. But anyway, they're they're I mean it's pretty minor gripes. It's just an excellent sci-fi movie with great ideas, excellent performances, well done, advanced at the time effects, and it spawned a whole franchise. It's just quality. And at the 
the end, she's got that awesome Jeep. I love that Jeep. Uh, she pulls into a gas station that's like in the middle of nowhere and it's all dried out and desert all around. And this is an image that has stuck with me for my entire life. There's something about that remote gas station with kids running around that's in the middle of like a desert that you don't know the people and they don't know you. There's something apocalyptic about it. And the image has just stuck with me forever. I, I don't know what it is about it, but I absolutely love it. And then at this point, you can see her too. Uh, she speaks Spanish to the attendant and it's terrible. It's just terrible Spanish. Uh, but later in Terminator 2, she, she speaks fluent Spanish. So you see her development in that. And she also renegotiates the picture price with the kid. She doesn't just roll over for him. It's like, no, I'm, you know, I'm here. I just killed the Terminator kid. All right. You're not going to get this over on me. Uh, but takes the picture that she gives a John. It's beautiful. I love it. But that's Terminator 1. I, I love it. It's one of those things in cinema history. It just stands out as a special moment. And I'm so happy it exists. And then we move on to Terminator 2, which just blew everything off the hinges. And it's amazing. And that's the thing. I mean, anybody who's listened to this show knows that I'm a complete snob when it comes to movies just generally. And then I mostly just trash any kind of popular movies. But this one, I mean, I guess that wasn't true with Joker. That's pretty popular, right? Uh, there are a lot of popular movies that I like, but I, I trash most stuff. So, uh, but this one I absolutely love. Yes, it was, it was supremely popular. Yes, it's just an action movie directed by James Cameron, who's not all that exceptional of a director, but this, I mean, he killed it with this. He so killed it. I just remember, like, even the TriStar and Carol Crow logos when they pop up still give me, like, nostalgia about the past. And like I said, my mom is Sarah Connor, like, absolutely. So I could have extreme bias in favor of this movie, but still, I'm gonna go through why I think it's so amazing. So obviously, you've got the little terrible kid. He's awful. You don't know who the bad guy is with the Terminators. Although I watched the trailers and it actually looked like they completely give it, gave it away. I have him on silent right now. They're just running, but it looked like they completely gave away who was the good guy and who was the bad guy in the trailers. So uh, maybe that mystery wasn't so <laughs> so strong. Also, when they show the T-1000, initially, the first thing he does is just kill a random cop for no reason. And they play this like scary music whenever they show him. So they kind of give it away that way anyway. Anyway, the kid's terrible little person. And that's what's great about him. And it makes sense for his character because his mom's institutionalized. So it makes sense for his character that he'd be a little jerk and have these things that are affecting him as a kid. And it's so great. Like he's so mean to his foster parents. He's not all that nice to his friend. He's <laughs> he's like, I mean, they're friends. You know, they look out for each other. But still, you never see him again. The little ginger mullet kid. You never see him again after he gets tossed by <laughs> T-1000. And then he'll use, I love this scene so much. I mean, I'm sure a lot, a lot of people love this scene when he finds out that the Terminator has to listen to whatever he says. And then he uses that against people who were coming to check on him because they were worried because he was yelling, help, help. And they were coming to check on him. And then he uses the Terminator when he's like, put your leg down. I... <laughs> It's such a good character scene. It's funny. It shows the range of what he's willing to do and that he actually has a moral center even though he's a little jerk. I mean, it's it's the perfect kind of character scene that you could ever imagine. And it's in a action movie, in the middle of a little action movie. And yet today, people still can't manage to put together character scenes like this. They have the benefit of being able to go back and watch all these great movies and try to figure out how to work that into theirs, but they still can't manage to do it. I don't know what the deal is with writing 
writers right now in Hollywood. I don't know what change happened or whether it's politics or what, but it, they are so bad when it's not like an auteur director like a Quentin Tarantino or what's his name who did Hereditary. I mean, when it's not those kind of directors, people just don't understand how to make movies anymore. And it's really frustrating. Uh, of course, that's an overstatement. Todd Phillips did a good job with Joker. <laughs> there have been other good movies this year, but still a lot of the major franchises and the major movies, I don't know what it is that they only have terrible writers who don't understand this kind of structure. This was such a beautiful way to establish this kid's character and be funny and establish rules of the world all in one. It looked great too. I mean, it was just so good. So, so good. So that's the kid. Uh, obviously, Sarah Connor, one of the premier iconic characters in the history of film. She does so well because in the first one, she had her arc. She's landed at this place. She's doing everything she can. Like, she's a terrible person too. <laughs> like, to an extent, she's a terrible person, which is what makes good characters because that's what people are. That's what complexity is. Oh my gosh, why can't you people understand this? Not you people. My listeners, obviously, you guys get it. it I mean, everybody else who's not listening, why don't they understand this? Sarah Connor is so good. I mean, it starts out, you know, she's um, she's got her bed flipped up and she's doing pull-ups. When I was a kid, I thought she just had a pull-up bar. I did, did I never realized for years that it was a bed. <laughs> I thought she just had a pull-up bar in her holding cell or whatever. So she takes care of herself. She works out. She's doing everything she can to get out. Uh, she's impatient. She's She doesn't make great arguments when she's pressed, you know, when uh, she's being like evaluated. The doctor, the snivelly little doctor shows her the video of, of what she said and then she attacks him in the video and it's just like, oh my gosh. And then she's trying to be nice to get out. She's being deceptive and then he calls her out and says, no, you're going to be in there for another six months. And then she's like, ah, it attacks him again. <laughs> I love it. It's so great. So great. It's a little coincidental that she happens to be breaking out on the same day that the Terminator and the kid are coming back to save her. But she's so resourceful and, you know, figures it out and has this great plan to get out, but it's not perfect. I mean, everything about this is so well balanced. People don't understand that when you balance scenes out like this, that's what allows people to suspend disbelief. That's what allows people to get into something when there are different portions of it that balance out. So like she figures it out and adapts to the situation first and it doesn't go perfectly. There's that other guy who comes up and grabs the thing and she has to hit him and start running. You know, there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes on that balances out the circumstances that makes perfect sense. And oh my God, there's this deleted scene that's absolutely horrible at this point. There's this deleted scene. I know why James Cameron does made the scene uh, because he's pretty superficial. So he feels like he had to make the scene to show that the guy she beats up later is a terrible guy. He has to establish that because she breaks his nose <laughs> to get out. But that undermines the character. If she breaks his nose to get out, even though he's a nice guy, that establishes that she, in her character, she cares more about her kid than some nice guy's broken nose. That's so much more interesting than, oh, he he's evil. The deleted scene was that he went in and was totally terrible to her and hits her and, and just is cartoonishly evil, so it's perfectly fine that she does this later. The scene that stays in the original is him just licking her face when he 
thinks that she's comatose. So, like, that's enough to establish she's creepy, so why not break his nose? But they cut another scene that he hit her to force her to take meds and other stuff. And like I said, I see the workings of James Cameron thinking I need to establish he's bad so she can hit him. But it's so much better without that. It's so much better to establish character. So that's, like, one of the criticisms that you could levy against this movie. But it's pretty minor. It's like, I'm sure those abuses happen. And it kind of shows that she could care less about that kind of a thing. She cares more about getting out as opposed to punishing that guy. It just, it muddles it and it doesn't need to be there. Anyway, she looks awesome when she's running with like the nightstick and when she's, when she's telling the people what to do and on the floor, face down, not you, you know, all that, all that. Oh, I love it. It's so good. It's so good. And then she, she breaks the key off in the thing. She's so good. So resourceful. I love her so much. So she, she goes, runs around the thing and the Terminator pops out and her reaction is perfect. This is one of those existential dread moments that even impacts her character now that she's just like, oh, how can this be happening again? Seriously, right now? (laughs) I'm about to escape. This is ridiculous. Okay, there's another criticism of this movie too, is that when they're like tending to her, they're trying to hold her down. A guy, a giant guy with a shotgun is walking up to them and none of them react at all. That's pretty ridiculous. So they do that and he throws them all around. But anyway, for Sarah Connor's purposes, throughout this whole thing, not only that character-wise, she demonstrates agency extreme to an nth degree. And it's not just agency of, oh, I'm so perfect as a character and I'm so perfect at everything that I do that look at me exert my agency and change the world. You know, it's not that kind of agency. It's, I'm a character. I think that this is the thing that I need to do and it's not going to work out. (laughs) You know, I'm going to realize something from this or something else is going to happen, but I'm still exerting my agency and changing the way the plot functions. That's what's beautiful. It's so good. And so like when they get into the desert and she has a friend who has all the guns and all that stuff, they have to have a cache of guns and all the terminal movies like from now on but she she does that and they're close and she's thinking she's trying to figure this out she has that amazing dream sequence it's so amazing the way they put that together and how she looks and holding on to the fence and how that's the thing that inspires her and says no i need to stop this i need to stop this person from doing what they're going to do and they have another gas station scene where she has the voiceover uh, you know about whatever uh oh what i want to say about the gas station scene they're they're like the kids who are shooting at each other and (laughs) that's right he's like you didn't get me you didn't get me i'm proof or something like that it's it's ridiculous there were several things in this movie that the whatever the character said i never knew what they actually said that like there were things that i thought they said like when when arnold was speaking or somebody else was speaking there were things that i thought they said for years that i never could figure out what they were actually actually saying and uh only like in my adulthood did i figure out <laughs> what they actually said for these there also was like i learned international politics from this movie when john connor says something about why would we attack russia aren't they our friends now he says that at some point and I was like oh Russia's our friend sweet <laughs> when I was a kid oh my god I love so much about this but anyway so she has agency what I was talking about she decides that she's gonna go kill Miles Dyson to try to prevent Judgment Day and she says it's worth it I, this is an, an innocent person you know a person who hasn't done what they're gonna do but this person needs to be stopped now so we can prevent this she goes to the house she gets followed by John Connor and the Terminator there are a whole bunch of deleted scenes throughout this too Excellent. it was so good that they deleted these because they're absolutely horrendous there's like the scene where the T-1000 kills the dog completely unnecessary who cares it doesn't matter unless he was going to turn into a dog later what is it (laughs) 
<laughs> to like lure him. Hey, John, I'm your dog. Remember me? Remember me, Max? Or I guess he would he would call him Wolfie because he didn't know what the dog's name was. But <laughs> remember your dog? <laughs> We're cool, right? And then try to kill him that way. So there's no point for that. It's good deletion. There's the hit the switch um, where they like take the chip out of the Terminator and Sarah Connor's going to break it because she doesn't trust the Terminator. And John stops her and because they have to turn off some switch about something in the term. It's a horrible scene. Not well acted. Not well paced. Doesn't make sense. There's no need for it. So got rid of that. Excellent deletion. There's something uh, like the Terminator smiling scene. I wish all of these would die forever and, you know, be in deleted scenes, if anywhere. But the original cut was the right one. But where he's like telling him to smile, he's like, oh, and then he smiles weird and it's just totally pointless. There's a, a Dyson with his family deleted scene that's just like, oh, look, we're all just hanging out and you need to stop working so much and hang out with your family. Completely unnecessary and generic. No need for it. Delete it. I think there's a little extra talking to Enrique part that was deleted as well. And some extra talk between John and the Terminator throughout this sequence when they're with Enrique that were was deleted. All those things, such excellent deletions and they should have been burned along with the Terminator at the end of the movie. Spoilers. Uh, so it's just really bad, really bad movies. I mean, really bad uh, deleted scenes. The movie is not really bad. It's amazing. But she goes, tries to kill Miles Dyson and eventually comes to the realization she can't do it because it's wrong. Again, just like her son. So it's great that they both have this kind of realization in very different ways where he's like, no, don't kill him. Oh my gosh. And you can't kill people, which is an excellent function too, to have that as the Terminator can't do that. Oh, it's so good. But she realized she can't do this, but she's still mean to them. And like, you have to help us. And she like berates him and all this for things he never even did yet. <laughs> so that's great. Ending scene. She's tough. She fights. She keeps fighting no matter what. She almost kills it herself. And then, you know, Terminator shows up to kill it. It's it's just all so good. I just I love it so much. It's such a good movie. That's Terminator 2. I could talk about it all day. I could just go scene by scene and go over it. But we have so much more to say about Terminator 3. Oh my gosh. This is where the fun begins. But I think I, I don't know if I said what would be part of the parts. But I think I, I may have lied to you if I said it was going to be 1, 2, 3 in the first part of this because it's i'm just gonna do one and two it'll be an all positive episode <laughs> for one and two and then we're gonna talk about three four and five in the next one just block them off that way because i'm gonna go off gonna go off on these movies so i appreciate you listening this was part one part two will be coming and i hope all is well i hope i hope all is well i hope you enjoyed it i i hope you listen to the second part when it comes out and this is the last coffee house all right bye <laughs>